Hello, fellow writers, and welcome back to the Dyslexic Author Podcast. I'm Christina, and I'm here to help you through your woes and adventures in writing and publishing. So today's episode, we're going to talk about my approach to editing a first draft. This one can be a tricky one because everybody knows how to sit down and write for the most part, and everybody knows how to kind of can just sit down and like chop out a story, but a lot of people don't understand the actual editing process. A lot of them think you just go through and just look at gram- grammar issues and then you publish. Nope, not how that works. Anybody who's actually edited a full book before a full novel is like, no, that's not how that goes. So let's get into this. So editing has always been very stressful for me, I guess the word is. I'm not good at grammatical stuff. I am not good with grammar at all. Um, my dyslexia kind of got in the way of that. Um, when, you know, all the kids were learning and internalizing all these grammar things, I was looking at the teacher going, I have no idea what's on the page. So (laughs) that's where dyslexia kind of got in the way. I struggle with it. I still struggle with it. I, having like taught some of the basic parts of grammar for a long time, it's become a lot easier for me. Um, but then I still have issues when it comes to like dashes, M dashes, which by the way, I love M dashes um hyphens all that stuff that's where I kind of like get lost commas eh, hit or miss um so editing's always been very stressful for me so when I went to edit Kanda the first book in the um ancient blood series or trilogy I it was like I would look at the page and it was like just I remember feeling like tension and stress just being stressed out about this and being like oh my god how am I gonna do this and I don't know what to do and blah 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 and then it got to a point where every time I looked at the page, it was like I blacked out while I was editing. And when I look back at those days of editing Kunda, which is why I will be going back through Kunda and doing like a second edition of it, um, because, you know, after I finished the whole trilogy, because I don't, like, I feel like I blacked out through a lot of the editing, so I don't even know. And then when I go back to read some parts of it, it does still like kind of feel like a blackout moment for me because it was just such a stressful time. So I need to step away and I'm going to finish, you know, the trilogy out and then go back and then see what the fuck I messed up, right? (laughs) See what I did there. So that's why editing is is always been very stressful. Well, since I had a little bit of a break uh, between Kanda and um, Rebellion, which I'm editing currently, I decided I'm going to learn not only how to write a really good story, but I'm also going to learn and what a story requires. I'm also going to learn how to edit and how to edit in a less. I was like, there's no way that it's this hard and this stressful and this like painful. There is no way it's like this traumatic basically um, to edit. So I went back and I learned how to edit as well. Um, So let's get into that and we'll talk about the steps that I took that now make it actually very fun for me to edit. I actually enjoy editing now. And it sounds so weird to hear myself say that, but I'm like, no, I actually do. I actually get excited about editing and I actually get excited about going back and reading my crap to to then fix it and make it better. So let's get into the steps on how like my approach transformed, you know, when it came to editing my first draft. So first and foremost, I want to tell you that your first draft is going to be shit. No matter how good of a writer you are, it's going to be shitty, especially to you, the person who's probably the most picky 
about it, right? Um, so it's going to be crap. Just get over that right now. Just look at it as editing is where you write the good book, where the, the beautiful book comes out. You know, I'm pretty sure Shakespeare even edited his stuff. <laughs> and I mean, for God's sake, he used ink and parchment or something. He, you know, he didn't have computers and he didn't have, you know, word processors and, and things like that. So it's a lot easier for us. And we've got to learn that we have it pretty good in modern times. So this is how I kind of fixed or went into studying how to edit in order to, uh, to fix my editing type or my editing style. So first thing I did was I did just scour. I went all over YouTube and podcasts, um, things like that. And I listened to how other people did it. And a lot of that too, I will say, I love YouTube sources. I love uh, AuthorTube and I love all of these sources that you can find online through YouTube, YouTube and pro, uh, podcasts. But it's kind of like getting all the information in out of order. And then on top of that, getting the information spread out, right? So it is literally like you get all the puzzle pieces and somebody took the box of puzzle pieces and threw it up, you know, across the globe. And now you have to go all over the, the world to find these pieces and then put them together and make sense of them and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of what I did. I just went all over the place and was like, oh, you know, I mean, okay, I, I get this and I understand this now, but now like, how do I do it? You know, uh, during that search, I found a really good book. Somebody... I don't remember if somebody, it was somewhere on there that somebody I think said something about this book. And so I, of course, anytime I hear something about a book I should read, I go straight to Amazon, <laughs> type it in and, you know, read the reviews and read the blurb and everything and, and see if I want to put it in my, in my list, my Amazon list there for books, um, which I did. This book, I was like, this, I think might help me. So I read it um, Well, I'm reading it. I'm in the middle of it. It's called Intuitive Editing by Tiffany Yates Martin. Um, if you have read this, it's well-structured. Let's go with that. So I have actually decided that I'm not going to read it in one fell swoop all the way through, right? Um, because when I did that with Save the Cat, um, I read through the whole book. But then like when I went to go write my book or outline my book, I went back in and went step by step. So I was like, we're going to go step by step on this one. So I'm literally reading it as I'm going through the process. So... You know, I've heard this by every writer. I've heard this from so many different writers and editors that say, you know, you go back and you, you edit from the big to the small, basically. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? Right? <laughs> You're looking around like, yeah, got that. But what, what do you mean? Big to small? Big to small what? Like, what are we, what's big? What's small? I don't know. What's going on here? So this book does a great job. Um, intuitive editing does a fabulous job at, you know, telling you, the, you know, your first read through, these are the big, this is what you need to look through. Okay. Um, so having going through these steps with this book, um, while I'm editing rebellion, I'm like, this makes so much more sense. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this makes sense. It's in order and I get it now. So first step is you're going to do a read through. So you have your draft that you let rest and depending on what type of writer you are, if you are someone who writes a big novel and then like rests it for like six months, that's fine. Then you're going to pick it up after six months. If you only rest it for two weeks because you're, you know, putting out smaller novels or novellas or something like that, then you're only going to rest it for two weeks and then you pick it back up. So when you pick up after the rest period, 
you pick up that first draft again, you're going to read through it. This is what I did. I went and I went read back through it. And that read through really helps you understand kind of what you did when you were writing. Now, with Rebellion, I will say this, with Rebellion, I wrote it while I was on maternity leave doing a, um, I did a NaNoWriMo, like a Camp NaNoWriMo. It was April. I think it was April. I was right before all the shutdowns and lockdowns and everything. So I was on maternity leave and I was like, perfect time, right? I literally did it while I was pumping. <laughs> every every time I went to pump, my laptop was right there. I'd pick up and start writing. Um, I really think now when I go through my novels, as I'm as I'm you know editing Rebellion, I'm actually outlining the next book, the the, the third book in the trilogy, which is uh, called going to be called Ancient Blood. So I highly suggest that's kind of like a good thing is keep thoughts coming out about the next book. If you're in a series or something like that, keep thoughts coming out about the next book while you're reading through. So when you read through, you're literally just reading. You're reading as a reader. Okay. You're going to take notes on this. These are the top three things you're going to want to take notes on. Your characters, your stakes, and your plot. Okay, those three things. Don't do anything grammatical. Don't change any sentences because you don't want to go through and fix all this grammar and then find out you're deleting that whole freaking chapter, right? So don't do anything like that. Don't do anything drastic. Um, but you're going to go through and you're going to take notes about your characters, your stakes, and your plot. Um, these are the top three. These are the big three. And I completely agree with that because I have read shit books that have fabulous characters, you know, and I keep reading because I'm like, oh, I want to know what happened to this character. Um, or have great stakes, but I absolutely freaking hate the character, <laughs> which hmm, I've read books like that. Um, so you have to have these three things. These three things can go over just swimmingly. These three things, as long as they're perfect and they're in place, well, not perfect. Sorry, we're never perfect. But as long as they're great and they're in place, you can have shit grammar, right? Tell me, there will be readers, but tell me how many readers are going to really be like, excuse me. That comma's not in the play in the right place. You need to like move it, right? Okay, and if a reader does that, whatever. Then you know what? You just volunteered yourself to edit my next book. Thank you. So, um, you want to look at those big three things: character. You want to have well-developed, very human-like characters. You want them to have a goal. You want them to have flaws, and you want them to have some kind of inner internal drive, right? Um, there's going to be some kind of internal drive and internal conflict. Okay. That's the stakes. Stakes is going to be the conflict that, that arises from them trying to get to their goal. And normally in most books, shit going wrong <laughs> or shit not going the way it's supposed to. Right. So that's what you're going to have is the stakes. What's at stake here. If this person doesn't, you know, get this promotion, but they're still making six figures and still happy in their life and everything, everything's la-di-da, then that's not stakes, is it? Their goal has to match to a point where there's something they're going to lose or there's something that they're not going to get. Um, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, Hunger Games, you know, I love this book. My God, I use this one all the time for an example. Hunger Games, if Katniss Everdeen doesn't win, guess what? She dies. That's pretty freaking stakes, right? Um, but another part of the stakes to make it even deeper, you know, that you know, most people don't want to die, but to make it even deeper, they made the fact that she's also responsible for her mother and her sister, right? She's also part of taking care of them. So if she goes bye-bye, who's going to take care of them? So that's one of those things. It's upping the stakes. 
Make sure that the steaks get harder and harder and they're really good and juicy steaks, right? Um, Harry Potter, he would go back with the Dursleys and live a normal life and be treated like crap, right? Nobody wants that. And he's 11 at the first in the first book. That's, that's trauma for a poor child, you know? Um, so it's things like that. You're going to have those stakes. You really want to look at what's at stake, what's this character's goal, and why is it important for them to reach this goal, right? And what's going to happen if they don't reach this goal? Um, and then plot. Plot is uh, the events. It's just all the events. The things that happen, the external things that happen along this storyline that either help or hinder the character to get to their goal. Okay. Um, so those are what we call the big three, right? The big three character stakes and plot. If you have those three, you're doing great. You're on your way to a very good story. Um, so the next step that I did when it came to making editing less traumatizing for me, less, <laughs> um, was I was looking for a critique partner. You know, everybody tells you get a critique partner, get the, this, that, and the other, you know, get someone to help read through it and everything. And I'm like, okay, so I went on, you know, Google and Googled places you could find critique partners, Facebook groups. There are these like, uh, forms on online of people trying to look for other critique partners. I did all that. I went through so many freaking people when I was editing Kunda and I, you know, it would be like, they were, they were very, this is, how, how do I put this in a nice way? I'm trying to put this in a nice way. They were nice people, but they were very inconsistent in the sense that, you know, one would read one chapter and then I'd never hear from them again. You know what I mean? Like we were trading chapters um, and then giving feedback per chapter and then just never hear back from them again. Or they do two or three chapters and never hear back from them. So like, yes, I get that life gets in the way and I completely understand that. But you, if you make a commitment to be a critique partner with someone, I would hope that you would be a critique partner through that whole event, you know, but I had a bunch of people that just kind of dropped off uh, for various reasons, right? Um, and that happened in all kinds of groups. I went through so many critique partners and then there were critique partners that were not good critique partners in the sense that they were focusing on things that had nothing to do with the fucking story, right? That's one thing I think that annoyed the crap out of me with a couple of them was there was one that was like hyper-focused on these little details that I was like, whoa, back off, like seriously got like agitated over these things and was coming at them, coming at me like I had just ruined, like I'd kicked their puppy or something. It was something horrible. I was like, dude, seriously. And it was details like in Kunda, um, she has, Lexi has a dog uh, named Bones and I modeled Bones after my German shepherd that sadly passed a couple months ago, but his tail, when he got super happy, would actually go in circles which is this really funny, like weird wagging thing he would do. It'd go in circles, right? Um, and I put that little detail in there. It's just, you know, the first time one of the male characters saw the dog, you know, the dog's tail wagged in a circle. That's it. Like, that's the only time it was mentioned. It has nothing to do with the damn story. It has nothing to do with the goal, the plot, the stakes, nothing, right? But he hyper-focused on it and was like, this this is not real. Dogs don't wave like this. You have to do this. You have to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, back off. So... Critique partners were always hit or miss for me. And I was so like, I wanted a critique partner so bad. I wanted another writing friend so bad. And it was just devastating that I couldn't find anybody that was either committed or that was 
not weird and hyper-focused on weird things. Um, so I was trying to find somebody like that. Well, I ended up giving up for kinda, I just gave up literally. And I was like, I'll just edit it myself because I got, I got like, I can't find anybody, you know? So for rebellion, (laughs) rebellion was resting. And when I started to go back into it, to read it, um, I was like, no, I have to find something. Well, my local library system, I found out they do this whole thing. It's called Forsyth Rights. And so like they bring in authors and, you know, editors and like people that work in the publishing industry and stuff like that to have like to give like the talks, right? To, to talk about different parts of writing or different aspects of writing. You know, I've gone to like writing romance ones. I've talked about the public, the self-publishing process ones. I've gone to all these different ones, sci-fi writing, um, things like that. So there's all these different topics. And I would go to these every single time one pops up, I like sign up for it. I register for it and I go. And I was just so excited. I was like, there's so many people in my area that come to these. And I was like, how do I not have, you know, a critique partner? How do I, how can I not find someone in my area that, you know, will be, you know, ride or die with me on this? Um, So I ended up finding that they had critique groups, monthly critique groups uh, at my local library. And this is something that if your local library doesn't have it, I would go ahead and give them a call and just ask, just be like, hey, I'm a local writer, you know, and I'd love to see if you guys would want to put together a critique group or something like that monthly. Um, we have several around here because I, where I live, there's a lot of libraries around me. So there's several ones here. And I went to every one for like three, two, three months. I literally went to every single group. So... All of it was all they're all on Thursday nights too, which is really funny. So like every Thursday night was full for me. Um, and I went to them and I tried them out and I tried out different groups because and I went to different ones because, you know, you're not going to fit necessarily in the first one. The first one that I went to very nice group, good group of people, but they were all very, um, I guess the word would be high science or like, what is it called? Hard science in science fiction. And they were very much like two of the books were on climate change um and then there's like another book they were they were just very like older group too as well so that didn't really help me like personality wise I didn't really fit because I was young like I'm using air quotes you can't see me but I'm like younger right than they were so it just didn't feel like the right fit because they were very hard science and I'm space opera so if you ever know anything about science fiction a lot of times people in hard science are like nose in the air to people with space opera Although I'm going to point out space opera is Star Trek and Firefly, two of the top sci-fi, you know, books. So, meh, <laughs> storylines, whatever. <laughs> but, um, so there, you know, there's kind of like that, uh, I just don't fit. You know, it was a great group. Like I said, they were very nice. They're very polite. Never had any issues with them. I just didn't feel like I fit. You know what I mean? So I kept trying other ones. I tried a couple more. There was one I was like, so hopeful about they were so nice and I was so excited and I got along with a couple of the other people there and I was just like oh this might be the right fit but there was one person in that group that was a little bit too harsh (laughs) I guess is the word a little bit too harsh with the um critique part of it uh to a point where I actually was about to stand up for another writer and be like whoa you need to back off like that's just a bit rude I don't think they meant it that way like you need to calm down back off a little bit like it really did it felt like an attack and I was like "Mm." so like you see how like one person can literally ruin a group 
So I finally, I was like, I have one more group to go to. Um, I'm going to go to this one and just, we'll see if it works. And I was at this point again, I was just feeling very down and very like crap. You know, I can't find other writers. I can't find a writer group. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this one group. It's probably going to be the exact same. I'm just like, I was frustrated, like at my ends, frustrated trying to find like my group, you know, the, the, the other writers that I could be around and, and feel comfortable around. Um, so then I went to this group and literally fell in love with them. Day one, I came home. I remember coming home and just being like a giddy child and telling my husband, I was like, oh my God, I love these people. They're so nice. They give great critiques. You know what I mean? I was like, they're, they give you the right kind of critiques, like not like being harsh or anything that they tell you, "Mm, you know, this character might need a little bit of this, or you might need a little bit of this, but they do it in a nice way. And I was like, these people are fabulous. Right. And I've been with them ever since. And I get so excited. Currently, they are only meeting once a month. We only meet once a month. Um, But I'm hoping to like, see if we can like, we've all been kind of dropping hints (laughs) to our um, library contact person. We're like, so if we're going to do this like twice a month, that'd be great (laughs) if you want to do that. But, you know, we're hoping to amp it up a little bit. But it's one of those things that like I found my fit and now it makes me so happy to go there and I'm not scared to put up any submissions. I feel comfortable. I feel safe with them. I am excited about seeing the way that they react to these different submissions. So it's things like that. Like that is insane. That I think right there, the critique, finding the critique group really did push my editing game up. It just way up. I was like, I was starting to see what they see. And I was like, oh, you know, you're right. I didn't put that in right there. Oh, you're right. That doesn't make sense right there. Like it, it helps so much. So you have to get somebody else to read. So you do your first read through. Like, let me put it that way. You do your first read through, make your notes, clean it up a little bit, right? And then have a critique partner or a critique group. Like I said, somebody that you feel safe with, somebody that you know is giving you good, constructive, healthy feedback, right? Um, And that right there will mean the world to you. That will help so much in the editing process because editing is not easy. It is it is traumatizing. I'm going to go with that word. It is very much a traumatizing thing. And you want to feel as safe and comfortable as you can with the people that are with you in this. Okay. So, and like I said, you can call your local library group and see if they have an event planner that can, you know, help set this up. Right. And then you can find out what other writers are in your area. You can do the same thing, do it on your own, you know, go on Facebook and make a group. Um, and see if there's anybody around you go to local groups, like either your neighborhood Facebook page, or like if you have a county Facebook page or a city Facebook page, you know, parents in a, in a school group, whatever Facebook page or something like that, go on there and be like, Hey, is anybody else interested in this? Right. Is anybody else interested in this possibility? I'd like to make a group. Let's set it up, you know, X day, X time, once a month, twice a month, whatever you want to do, you know, however you want to set it up. Uh, before, before I I went on maternity leave, um, I was part of a group and it was a writing group. We didn't, it wasn't a hyper focus on critiques. It was just a writing group. You could bring works if you like, but it wasn't hard critique group, right? Um, they just give you kind of verbal feedback on it. Um, but most of it was, we would talk about the actual writing process or the actual publishing process. So that was also 
invaluable. And I actually am getting ready to put together another group like that because it kind of just faded off with, you know, I had a kid and then when lockdowns happen, it just kind of faded off, right? So I'm getting ready to put that back up on um, a lot of the local pages that I'm a part of to get that group back together, get that group back going again. Just having writers, let's talk about the writing process. Let's talk about what struggles are you having? Are you having trouble with editing? Are you having trouble with the publishing? How do you do self-publishing? Which one's better? You know, do you want to use um, Amazon or do you not want to use, you know, all of these questions and everything that pop up through the entire process. So you can create groups yourself, okay? Don't ever think that you have to show up to something like somebody else has to do it and you just have to like you have have to have that availability. No, you can create if you do not find it, you can create it. And they're actually really not difficult to maintain. You can just have like, here's a list of rules. You will be polite. (laughs) You will give constructive feedback, you know, things like that. We have a rule in ours that you they ask that you sit through two um, meetings in order before you are able to submit. And that's just to make sure that the group is the correct fit for you, right? Which, like I said, invaluable. Because if I had put my critique and any of my submissions in on one of those other groups, I would be terrified to have them read it. So I think sitting through those first two sessions with that group made me so excited and so happy to be able to put up my work for them. So having a critique partner or critique group, sorry, So you are going to go through it, your first read, you're going to clean up your character, your stakes, your plot, and make sure the story is there. Because that's what those three things are. It's basically the story. Make sure those three things are there. And then you go ahead and you either do critique partner, critique groups, things like that. Have somebody else read it. Not your mom, you know, not your best friend, because no offense, they're not necessarily always the most they're not going to critique you the best, right? They'll be like, oh, honey, this is perfect because you're perfect. That's not what you want. You want someone to say, mm, okay, that was good, but this character needs a little bit more stakes there. You know what I mean? You want someone that's going to be like, yes, I th- this needs to happen, you know? Um, so you want someone that's going to be very honest with you. So just have somebody else read through. Then you go back and you clean up based off of that feedback you have. And that's when, you know, if you feel like everything's in place and you feel like everything's good, then you can go down to the small, is what they call it. And then that's going to be the grammatical and everything like that. So you want to go from big things, your big story part, edit that first. Because like I said, it's it's a pain in the ass if you completely go through and, you know, clean up grammatically and everything, this whole part. And then all of a sudden you delete that whole chapter and you're like, (laughs) why did I do all that work? So going through big to small. Um, and like I said, I, th- I think for me, one of the biggest things that helped was understanding that the book is made in the edits. The book is not made in that first draft. Nobody takes, nobody <laughs> who's not psychotic takes a first draft and puts it out into the world and then expects it to become a best- bestseller, right? Everybody edits everybody. Stephen King edits. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jane Austen edited. I know Shakespeare edited. You know what I mean? Everybody edits. So you're going to have to learn that edits are where you actually write your book. Stop looking at the first draft as I wrote my book. Yes, you, you wrote a first draft. Your book is in the edits. So make sure that you go through your edits and you clean it up. So let's recap really, really quick 
um, what I, you know, what we've gone through so far. So yes, going through and going from the big three, you know, which is character stakes and plot and just read through, find those three things, make sure those three things are good. Um, and then, you know, just clean up those big three things. And then you're going to want to have somebody else look at it. You're going to have somebody else, critique partner, critique group, whatever, go through and look at it too, and make sure there's nothing you're missing. Um, and then, you know, then you're going to keep cleaning. Remember, based off of whatever feedback you get, keep cleaning. And then what I always say is like create a habit when you're editing. So that's one thing that has been un it's unimaginably like life changing for my editing to think about it. Like I don't have to edit an entire book, right? If I look at it as I have to in- edit the entire book of rebellion, I'm looking at it, a mountain going, fuck, right? But what one thing the critique group has helped me with is because our submissions are a maximum of 10 pages. Um, so I do 10 pages ish. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I do that submission, right? Depends on how long the chapter is. But I do by chapter by chapter, basically, because my chapters are generally around that size. Um, so I do chapter by chapter. So I am going chapter by chapter. And, you know, I can clean up when they give me critiques. That way I can like have it go through the rest of the book, you know. Um, so chapter by chapter is what I edit by. I think of, okay, I have to just go back and I have to edit chapter five, right? And then I have to go back and then I have to, you know, implement the critiques from the group. You know, I don't look at it as here's an entire book I have to do. I look at it as literally chapter by chapter, which is only most of the time it's like one to two scenes. Um, most of the time, right? So it's a lot easier when you cut it down and you stop looking at it as an entire book and you start looking at it as pieces it's it makes it so much easier so people can do it in different ways creating a habit you know today i'm going to edit this chapter you know chapter by chapter or today i'm going to edit this page so then you're editing page to page um today i'm going to edit the scene right depending on what you're writing your scenes can be long as crap or they can be really short so whichever one works for you finding what works for you in that balance So yes, that was my very long conversation about how my approach to editing changed and how it's so much easier now. Like I said, now I actually enjoy it and I understand what I'm looking for. And if you get a chance, pick up that book, Intuitive Editing by Tiffany Yates Martin and go through it and use that because that is, it really does help you narrow down your look, like your focus and it doesn't, you know, you're not looking for every little mistake on the page. Um, and, and that's another thing, like, stop looking to be perfect. <laughs> books, I mean, I've read so many books from, you know, authors through traditional publishing that are like, you know, best-selling authors that still have a grammatical error I'll, I'll pick up, you know, or still have something that I'm like, wait, what? You know, something that you pick up in a book and you're like, wait a minute. That's just humans right? Most of the time readers are so involved in the story that they don't even notice these things. So don't freak out about being perfect. Don't freak out about it being like, it has to be, oh my God, it has to be amazing. You know, amazing. Yes. Perfect. No. (laughs) Perfection is nothing that's, that's obtainable. Um, but yeah, so that is what I have for you and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And 
if you guys have any comments or um, if you want to leave me a review, that would be fabulous. Go ahead and do that. Let me know what you guys think, what your editing style is. Let's go with that. What is your editing style? And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.